0: My sorrow and dead in my sin Lost without hope and no place to begin Your love made a way to let mercy come in When death was arrested my life began Was redeemed, only beauty remains. My orphan heart was given a name. My morning grew quiet, my feet rose to dance. When death was arrested, my life began. For oh, your grace, so free washes over me. You have made me new now life begins with you released from my chains, I'm a prisoner no more. His shame was a ransom faithfully born he canceled my debt and he called me his friend when death was arrested my life began
1: oh your grace so free washes your
0: The nose grow darkness rejoiced as though heaven had lost
1: but then Jesus rose without freedom in me that's when death was rest in my life again that's when death was rest in my Let's stand together and sing of this his grace. Oh, your grace, so green, washes over me. You have made me new, now life begins with you. It's your
0: celebrate our risen savior Jesus Christ he has defeated the power of sin the power of the grave the power of death itself and nothing can stand in his way we're here to celebrate the resurrection and proclaim that he has won to all who are tired to all who are the tired and the heavy laden Hope has come To all who feel The weight of a broken spirit Hope has come Lift your up, Lift up your Hope has come to those who see the light of a risen
1: Savior. Hope has come. The lift up your eyes, lift up your head, the power of a sin is dead. James has come. Sing
0: it louder. Sing it louder. Jesus has won. Jesus has won. Sing it louder. Sing it louder. Jesus has come. Jesus has come. Sing it louder. Sing it
1: louder. Jesus has won. Jesus has won.
0: message to begin this Easter Sunday with, declaring that Christ has won. He has defeated the power of sin and the grave. I'd love to do this with you. Let's go ahead and say, He is risen. He is risen. Wonderful. One more time. He is, risen. he is risen. I love that. It is so true, and it is why we are here and celebrating today. We've got a great service planned with songs that remind us of Christ's life his death, his resurrection, and the hope we have in the future because of him. And we have a a great message by Pastor Dan today as well. But before we get to all those, we want to see who is around us. Let's go ahead and wish one another a happy Easter and uh, welcome them in this place. Can go ahead and have a seat. Again, we are glad you have joined us here in this place today, or if you're in the venue, we're glad you're here as well. We are here just to celebrate all that God has accomplished through His Son, Jesus Christ. Um, We're also going to continue on in our worship today as we participate in our offering. If you are a visitor, don't feel obligated. This is for uh, those that call Hope Vale home. We just like to worship through all of these ways through praying through praise through singing through shouting through giving and hearing of the word Uh, and this is a way that we worship uh, as a community so as our ushers are here forward i'm going to pray as we enter into this time god you are so good and we thank you for sending your son to this earth to do something that we could not do to pay that sacrifice pay the way to get back to you um and god we know that. uh the, the grave death could not hold Jesus down, but uh, he is resurrected. He is the living king, and we are so excited about the hope that we have because of his life. And God, we thank you how you provide for us our daily needs, our daily bread, and we pray that you would continue to show us your way, your will, as you give us what we need for each day. And as we give back to you, we pray that you would continue to use these offerings for your kingdom, for your glory as, uh, as you make your name known from here uh, and to this community and beyond. And God, we look forward to that day, Jesus, when we get to see you face to face and sing uh, great Hosanna, sing glory to God in the highest, sing hallelujah to you forever. And here in this space in between, um, in this life, we take a moment and we praise you for all that you are for all that you're doing and all that you're yet to do. We pray that through Jesus. Amen.
2: in the grave. The war on death was waged. The power of hell forever broken. The crown began to shake.
0: Go thank you so much for sending your son. And Jesus, we thank you for all you've done for us. We praise you. We love you. We worship you and you alone. Thank you for being the cornerstone. We give you glory, Jesus. Amen.
3: Man, you can go ahead and have a seat. He is risen. We are here today. Jesus Christ, I'm Dan Davis, the senior pastor here at Hope L, and there's no place I would rather be than here with you, celebrating the life, the hope, and the love that we have, all because Jesus is alive. You know, if you think about it, this moment right now, we join with millions all over the world and with countless generations of those who have gone before us in celebrating in proclaiming, in believing that he is risen. Death has been defeated. Our sins have been forgiven. And the gift of God's eternal life is now ours, all because Jesus is alive. Well, one of our Easter traditions here at Hopewell is to read through the Bible's account of what happened early that Sunday morning 2,000 years ago. And we're going to do it together as a responsive reading, alternating verses. So I'll read the odd number of verses. You'll go ahead and respond with the even number of verses. The passage we're going to read through is Luke chapter 24, verses 1 to 8. So I invite you to stand with me. And let's do this together. I'll begin with verse 1. On the first day of the week, very early in the morning, the women took the spices they had prepared and went to the tomb. They found the stone rolled away from the tomb. But when they entered, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. In their fright, the women bowed down with their faces to the ground. But the men said to them, Why do you look for the living among the dead? The Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinners, be crucified, and on the third day, be raised again. Thank you. Well done. You can go ahead and be seated. This is the Easter story. The true historical account confirmed by multiple eyewitnesses that the lifeless body Of Jesus Christ, which had been buried in a sealed tomb just three days earlier, was no longer there. And no, the women did not go to the wrong tomb. And no, his disciples didn't somehow steal the body as some have contended. No, there was no way for this disorganized, disillusioned, and depressed group of 11 men to somehow overpower multiple Roman guards who were stationed at the tomb. No, the only explanation for the empty tomb that Easter was a miracle, an honest-to-goodness miracle, that a dead man had been raised to life again. Now, it may not be the easiest explanation to believe, but it is the only explanation to believe. It is the only one that works. And over the next 40 days, the reality of this mind-blowing, miraculous event began to gradually sink in with many who had either personally seen Jesus alive or at least had heard the story about him, that he is risen, that Jesus is alive. And this message still rings true with us 2,000 years later. That's why we worship today. That's why we celebrate. You know, Easter... Truly is a celebration And you know if you think about it This time of year is a celebration as well Isn't it? Now that we have patched March 20th We are now finally and officially Out of winter and into spring Right? And a beautiful day today Worthy of celebration And even beyond the change of the seasons This time of year Also brings a lot of celebration With a ritual known as March Madness In the NCAA basketball tournament, that even if you're not much of a sports fan, chances are you've caught some highlights and some buzzer beaters over the last couple weekends, and I bet even some of you filled out a bracket or two at work, right? How many filled out a bracket? How many of you already have a busted bracket? Right. Yeah, March Madness is exciting, although I realize that with Michigan and Michigan State both being out, you know, me bringing that up Kind of sends some of you into a spiraling depression Especially some of the Spartan faithful among us here, right? I mean, really? Middle Tennessee State, right? <laughs> some are calling it the biggest upset in the tourney ever Michigan State was one of two favored teams in Vegas And bracket predictions, but it happened I mean, it really happened And yet here's what's even more amazing that as remarkable, unbelievable, unlikely as that outcome was, it wasn't even the biggest moment of March Madness. No, just a couple days later, history was made with the most remarkable comeback to ever take place in college basketball's postseason. Biggest comeback ever that just with 35 seconds left in the game, the University of Northern Iowa was up by 12 points. They were headed towards victory against Texas A&M. The game commentators, the sports pundits said it was over. Aggie fans had turned off their TV in disgust. Even parents of some of the players had left the game with less than a minute to go. But then the miraculous happened. A bad pass here, a steal there, turnover, a few incredible shots. And by the end of regulation, Texas A&M had tied up the game, which they then went on to double overtime. Never had there been a March Madness comeback like that before. Statisticians say the odds of that happening were something like one in 3,333, of that even possibly happening. And yet it did. Biggest comeback ever. And with the comeback came the emotions. As they say, the thrill of victory and the agony. Of defeats. Oh, God, I mean, it just pains you to see those pictures, right? Victory right there, and just snatched out of their hands. Well, I don't plan to talk to you all morning about college basketball, but you know, it really is amazing how emotionally invested we can get with sports and wanting so badly for our team to win. College, professional, or you know what's even worse? The team that your child or grandchild plays on, right? We get invested, because even if you don't know the difference between a touchdown or a three-pointer, if your son takes a cheap shot in the face or your daughter loses a game in the last second because a ref blew a call, tell me that you will remain emotionless. You can't. You don't. Winning, right? So we can talk all noble about sports, right? You know, there's that old quote from sports writer Grant Lynn Rice. It's not whether you win or lose, it's how you play the game. And we can go, yeah, that sounds all fine and good in our heads. But deep down, I think we're a lot more like Vince Lombardi. Winning isn't everything Winning is the only thing. Yeah, you know it too, right? Yeah, right? Why? Because winning is fun. It's fun to win. And losing is hard. It can be really hard you know, to separate ourselves from sports for a minute and think about politics. I think that's why a message like Donald Trump has is just resonating so much, right? What is the theme of what he's trying to say? We don't win anymore, he says. We need to make America great again. And people hear that message and they go, yeah, you're right, I'm sick of losing, I'm sick of all these other, you know, countries doing better than us. It's time that we win and they get all riled up, right? Because whether it's sports or politics or anything else in life, There is something in us that wants to be on the winning side. We want to win. And you know what? It's okay. Really, it's okay. It is normal and natural to want to win. Now, what you want to win at and what lengths you're willing to go to in order to win, those are different questions, right? And there's some right and wrong answers to that. But overall, you don't have to apologize. You want to care about winning. And I say all that because, you know, Easter... There's a story about winning, right? It's a story about winning. It's a story about Jesus winning. And it's a story about Jesus winning against some pretty insurmountable odds. Odds way bigger than one in 3,333. I mean, you think sports comebacks are remarkable? They pale in comparison to what happened 2,000 years ago when Jesus defeated mankind's most powerful foe, death itself. And so more than the Easter bunny, more than the Easter candy, more than the Easter basket, more than the Easter ham, more than anything else, the story of Easter is a story about winning. It's a story about Jesus making the most improbable comeback ever, and he did it for us. You know, when I use the word comeback, I think we sometimes forget about that. We forget about that part of the story. You know, whether Easter has any personal meaning for you or not, it seems like we all miss that part of the story before Easter and the emotions that can go along with that. I mean, here we are, it's 2016, right? We got the benefit of knowing how the story of Jesus ends, the whole story of Jesus. After all, that's why we're here in church today, because we know the whole story, the story that starts not only with Christmas, but a story that also doesn't end on Good Friday, so, we've got the benefit of 2,000 years of hindsight, of history. But back then, I mean, think about what it must have been like to live in that story as it is unfolding in real time. It's completely different, especially for those who are emotionally invested, right? Emotionally invested in following Jesus and all that he stood for. Because for them, Good Friday really did seem like the end. The end not only of a good man's life, but the, end, but the end of their own hopes and dreams and wishes and desires. And I think we forget that. Because we know how things turn out at the end, but that doesn't mean that those living through it had the same kind of outlook. Actually, if anything, after the crucifixion on Friday, they had finally given up. They had resigned themselves to a completely different ending. And so to recapture some of their journey, I want us to go back way back a couple thousand years ago, right to the time when Jesus died. All four Gospels of the New Testament tell us this story and what it was like, each of them giving us a little bit different perspective. But for our purposes today, we're going to look at the Gospel of Luke and see what Luke has to say. This is what he writes in chapter 23, beginning in verse 44. It was now about noon, and darkness came over the whole land Until three in the afternoon, for the sun stopped shining, and the curtain of the temple was torn in two. Jesus called out with a loud voice, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. And when he had said this, he breathed his last. The centurion, seeing what had happened, praised God and said, Surely this was a righteous man. When all the people who had gathered to witness the sight saw what took place, they beat their breasts and went away. But All those who knew him, including the women who had followed him from Galilee, stood at a distance watching these things. Now there was a man named Joseph, a member of the council, a good and upright man who had not consented to their decision and action. He came from the Judean town of Arimathea, and he himself was waiting for the kingdom of God. Going to Pilate, he asked for Jesus' body. Then he took it down, wrapped it in linen cloth, and placed it in a tomb cut in the rock one in which no one had yet been laid. It was preparation day, and the Sabbath was about to begin. The women who had come with Jesus from Galilee followed Joseph and saw the tomb and how his body was laid in it. Then they went home and prepared spices and perfumes, but they rested on the Sabbath in obedience to the commandment. This is how Luke ends the story before he picks things up in the next chapter, chapter 24. That's the chapter we read together earlier on. But I think it's good for us to go through this chapter, chapter 23, to get the sense of finality that those involved must have been feeling. I mean, this is their down by 12 with 35 seconds to go moment, except they thought there was no time left on the clock. So think about everything this passage tells us about what they experienced There's the final statement they hear Jesus cry out, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. There's the last breath they see Jesus take. There's the grief expressed by those who watch this innocent man die. There's the lifeless, motionless corpse they take down from the cross. There's the ceremonial linen cloth that Joseph uses to wrap up the body for burial. And then finally, there's this group of women who follow behind to see the tomb and how Jesus is laid in it, and then later return home to prepare these fragrant burial spices and perfumes to honor his body. All this takes place. Along with that foreboding darkness that Luke mentions, right, that fills the sky during Jesus' last hours on the cross, So between what they see, what they hear, what they smell, what they touch, not to mention what they feel right then and there, I don't know how you could possibly add anything else to drive home the finality of what happened in that moment and how it must have impacted them. Now imagine yourself being there. Not just in that moment, but imagine three-plus years of your life invested in this man Than his cause. You believed every word. You really thought you were going to come out on top. Now imagine this taking place and all the confusing thoughts swirling around in your head, all the intense emotions churning in your heart. Wow. Imagine all the soul crushing grief in knowing that your beloved Jesus is really dead. Stunned, shocked, devastated. Quite frankly, I don't think it could get any worse. So yeah, we can talk about sports and fandom all we want, but right here, this is more than a game ending. This is a matter of life and death, right? And all the feelings, all the very intense feelings that go along with it. I mean, did you catch verse 38? When all the people who had gathered to witness this sight, saw what took place, they beat their breasts and went away. I mean, this is passionate Middle Eastern, all in grief at its finest. It's most extreme. Now I bring this up and give you a taste of what it was like back then. Because I don't think you can really grasp what Easter's all about if you don't first understand, if you don't feel, if you don't experience the despair of Good Friday. We need to know what that was like. That, by the way, is why we sing a song like Forever on Easter, a song that first has to begin with words like, the moon and stars they wept, the morning sun was dead, the Savior of the world was fallen. His body on the cross, his blood poured out for us, the weight of every curse upon him. One final breath he gave, as heaven looked away, the Son of God was laid in darkness. That's part of the story. It's a hard part of the story, but it's a necessary part of the story. Because Easter's not just a story about winning. It's a story about winning when you're first down, and down by a lot. And Down by a lot when you feel like there's no hope at all. Easter's about a comeback, a comeback facing the most insurmountable odds ever. That's what Easter's all about. It's Jesus defeating death, and it really happened. And afterwards, as you read on in the Bible, you get a sense after the resurrection about these women, these men who had given up their lives to follow Jesus, how they learn that the game isn't actually over, that it's not going to end in crushing defeat. And so in the Gospel of John chapter 20, We read this, verse 11. Now Mary, there she is, right? Stood outside the tomb crying. As she wept, she bent over to look into the tomb and saw two angels in white seated where Jesus' body had been, one at the head, the other at the foot. They asked her, woman, why are you crying? They have taken away my Lord, she said, and I don't know where they have put him. At this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there, but she did not realize that it was Jesus. He asked her, Woman, why are you crying? Who is it you are looking for? Thinking he was the gardener, she said, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have put him, and I will get him. Then comes the moment, one of the most powerful emotional moments in all of Scripture. Then Jesus said to her, Mary, Mary. She turned toward him, and cried out in Aramaic, their mother tongue, Rabboni, which means teacher. One word. It's all it took. It's Mary's way of saying, it's you, isn't it? It's really you. And how everything changed for her in that moment. Then later on, we read a few verses later in verse 19 that on the evening of that first day of the week when the disciples were together, with the doors locked for fear of the Jewish leaders. I mean, that's how desperate things were for Jesus' followers just after his death. Not only were they on the losing side, but now they were afraid they were going to be in trouble for it, right? Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. After he saw this, he showed them his hands inside. The disciples were overjoyed. John says, when they saw the Lord. You know, I don't think the word overjoyed really does justice to what's going on, to what they're feeling in that moment. Going nuts, freaking out, probably is more like it, right? Because whether it's Mary, whether it's these disciples, or it's anyone else who invested their heart in following Jesus, the resurrection meant that not only was Jesus alive, but it also meant that everything he taught, everything he promised, everything he stood for was and still is true and real and count and worthy of all your heart, overjoyed. And so here we are today. We know how the story goes. We know how the game ends. We know who winds up winning, that against all odds, facing the power of death in the grave, Jesus was and is the victor. This is the heart of of Easter. But you know, when it comes to Easter, it's one thing to know the facts. It's another thing to invest your heart. Let me say that again. It's one thing to know the facts about Easter. It's another thing to invest your heart in Easter. The Easter hope, the Easter promise, the Easter joy, the Easter victory. See, the good news of Easter is this, that just as Jesus defeated death through his resurrection, so too all who believe in him, all who invest their heart in him, have the same promise over death and the grave. They do. We do. Look what Jesus says earlier on in John 11 and 25. Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, though she die, yet shall she live. Now, Jesus spoke these words before his crucifixion. And pardon the analogy, but this is kind of like his pregame trash talk, right? I am the resurrection and the life. You might not believe I can defeat a number one seed like death, but let me tell you, I can and I will. And not only that, but everyone else who's on my team, they too will wind up defeating death in the end. though they die, yet shall they live thousand years later the same is true for every one of us here that jesus is the resurrection and the life for you and that when you believe in him though you may die you in the end will live forever with your god because of jesus this is the good news that he brings to all of us and we'll celebrate that good news in a moment as we close with a song but before we do that as i begin to wrap up i want to leave with a few final thoughts right about how the victory of Easter, everything we've talked about, everything we've walked through, can become more personal for you. Here at Hopewell, we like to say that we are a church inviting people to know and follow Jesus with us. We're a church inviting people to know and follow Jesus with us. So with that in mind, first of all, I want to invite everyone here to know Jesus personally. I want to invite you to know Jesus personally. Personally, To believe that Jesus is not just the resurrection and the life, but that he is the resurrection and the life for you. It's the difference between knowing about Jesus versus knowing Jesus personally. Knowing that he died on the cross in your place for your sins and that he is the only hope you have in the face of death and the judgment of God. And so, what you and I cannot do on our own, Jesus steps in to do for us, to satisfy God's justice and to secure God's forgiveness. You see, the message of Good Friday and Easter it tells us that we can't earn the favor of God on our own, even with the best of our good works. We can't, but then the same message also tells us that we don't have to. That Jesus did it for us, He did it for you. I am the resurrection and the life, Jesus says. Whoever believes in me, right, believes here, believes here. Though he die, yet shall he live. And so today, I invite you into this wholehearted belief in Jesus to believe that he is not just a Savior, that he is not just the Savior, but that he is your Savior. This is what it means to know Jesus personally, to share in the victory of his resurrection both now and forever. That is the heart of the christian faith and that's the first invitation of easter but here's the second one not only do i want to invite all of you to know jesus personally but i also want to invite you to follow jesus passionately to follow jesus passionately with all your heart for all your life this is an invitation for you to take your faith to the next level see you're here at easter and that's great but if i can be blunt for a moment your relationship with Jesus and following him, it deserves a lot more than you going to church just a couple times a year. It does, because those who want to follow Jesus passionately make church a priority in their life. And they make church a priori- priority in their life, not because they have to go, because they know they need to go. Followers of Jesus know they need to worship together with other Christians. They know they need the regular challenge and encouragement that comes from the Bible. They know they need the strength and the support of other Christians as well. Cuz church church is more than just a place to attend, it's a people to belong to. People who are like-minded, people who are same-hearted. So yes, I realize we've got these unique personalities, we've got these different backgrounds, but we are united. United by a common faith, a common hope, and a common love for our Lord. And so if church isn't a regular part of your life, I want to invite you to come back here to join us on another Sunday to take the next step that God has for you in following Jesus. And then finally, for those of you who are already part of our church family, I want to this Easter invite you to keep on following Jesus. You know, it's one thing to get caught up in the initial excitement of being a Christian, but it's another thing to keep on following Jesus when life gets hard. And if today's passages teach us anything, life does get hard. Life will get hard, including for those who are all in with Jesus, or should I say, especially for those who are all in with Jesus. To be a Christian does not mean that God will shield you from trial and heartache, And so to keep on following Jesus means we persevere in faith, even in the face of doubt. To follow Jesus and to keep on doing so means we patiently hang on in the darkest of times, knowing that God's silence is not his absence, that he is always there with us, even when it doesn't feel like it. Even now. If you're going through something hard right now, this is your Good Friday, you know, Saturday Moment, Keep on believing. The game isn't over. Easter tells you that his victory is your victory. Easter tells you that there is great reward waiting for you when you keep on following Jesus all the days of your life. And so as I close on this wonderful Easter day, I want to invite all of you to know Jesus personally, to follow Jesus passionately, and to keep Unfollowing following him all the days of your life. This is the invitation of Easter. You know, and this is what church is all about. It's we as Christians looking at each other, and reminding each other of the good news of Easter, the good news that tells us no matter the score, we're on the winning side, because in the end, Jesus is the Savior who wins. And so as we close, I want to invite you to stand with me. We're going to pray, and after that, we're going to respond with a song of worship, celebrating the victory we have in Jesus Christ. Let's pray together. And Father, uh, thank you. Thank you for the story of Jesus, the whole story of Jesus. The story that doesn't stop 90% into it. This body hanging on a cross. With the despair of his disciples who had followed him for three years thinking all hope was gone. But thank you that the story continues, the resurrection on Easter Sunday and how everything changes and that if the biggest, strongest, most powerful enemy of death can be defeated, then anything else that we face in this life, we know that the one who is with us is stronger than that. And so we take comfort in that. God, I thank you for every person here. Thank you that you know... um, their heart, you know their lives, and that you love them beyond their wildest imaginations. And then, God, it's really not me, it's really not this church, but it's you that invites them to know Jesus personally, to follow Jesus passionately, and to keep on following Jesus for all the days of our lives. And so, God, we step into that, knowing that you're with us every step of the way. Fill our hearts with your hope and do that in Jesus Christ. In Christ alone, we pray in his name. Amen.
4: We came to sing till dawn. I...
3: of Christ we stand. It has been great to share this Easter worship with you. So glad you're here. If you're visiting with us, we're really glad you're here. As a matter of fact, if you stop by our Welcome Center after the service, we have a sweet treat waiting for you. How sweet is that? As a matter of fact, I'm feeling so generous right now here. There you go. Woo! Easter spirit. I got it. All right. Well, as I said in the message, we'd love for you to join us if you don't have a church home uh, next Sunday and the Sundays after that for one of our three services that you can follow Jesus with us. But as you go from here, may you go in the power and the love of Jesus. He is risen! God bless you.